Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Look at the first chapter. Before I read this specific story, I want to begin by simply quoting a scripture in Ecclesiastics, again, written by the wisest man uh, called Solomon. And here's what he says, to everything, say everything. everything. To everything. To everything, there is a season. That word season means an appointed time. For everything, there is a season, an appointed time, and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. Now, all of us here that live in the north understand seasons. We have winter, we have spring, and we have summer and fall, and we enjoy them. On the other hand, God established those when he created the earth. And, and um, uh, it, it, I mean, as, as far as those seasons, yeah, some of, they fluctuate in the sense sometimes winter seems longer, you know, than, than you want it. Sometimes, you know, spring is longer. Hallelujah. I, spring is my favorite time of year. And, uh, but anyway, you, you cannot really change what God has established regarding the seasons. If you agree, say amen to that. And so seasons, but the good news, seasons come and seasons go. And sometimes you know, in our lives, and I just want you to know, it's just that way spiritually. Uh, spiritually, you will experience seasons of winter when it looks like everything has just died. It doesn't look like nothing's going on in your life. Then you experience spring when revelation knowledge bursts into your spirit. Hallelujah. And God gives you hope. Amen. That it's going to be a good year. Can I have an amen? And then you experience the summer of heat. Just adversity uh, touches your life. And you're trusting God that that season will come to an end. And then fall comes when it's harvest. Harvest time. Say harvest time. And harvest time is good if you've been planting good seed, but not good if you've been planting wrong seed. Amen. So those seasons are there for a purpose. God says in Genesis 8, 22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. So when it comes to the plan of redemption regarding God's plan of redemption, he declared prophetically to, the, uh, to Lucifer in Genesis 3.15, he says, the seed of the woman is going to crush your head. That word head means your position of rank or authority. And listen, from the moment those words left his mouth, God never wavered regarding the promise, even though it took 4,000 years for it to come to fruition or come to fullness. God was established in his word. He never was moved away from his word, even in their times, like it was not going to come to pass. When it, did you know that... One time Israel, the nation of Israel that came out of Abraham were only 80 strong. It looked like in the natural nothing was going to, you know, the prophetic promises that God made regarding making Abraham a great nation, it didn't look like it was going to come to pass, but it did. Yeah. I say it did. Amen, it really did. It came to pass. Why? Because God honors his word. All he needs is he's just looking for one person who will believe it, one person who will stay committed to it, praise God, and one person who will stay faithful to him. Amen. Galatians 4 says this. When the fullness, that word means completion. When the fullness or completion of the time or season was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem or ransom 
or pay for or buy or purchase them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. So when it comes to salvation, it wasn't too early and neither was it too late. It was on God's perfect timing. Amen. The reason I bring this up because he, because Solomon said to everything there's a season and a point of time for everything under heaven. See, if we're not careful, we get impatient in our lives and we try to make things happen and it becomes a curse to our lives rather than a blessing. Or I said early in the first service, it really is true. When Abraham, when God gave Abraham the promise of a son, you know what he did? He pushed the envelope and tried to human reason it out and said, ah, I know one thing, Sarah can't have babies, so I'll get me a Hagar, an Egyptian, a type of the world, and out of Hagar, I will get the promised child. But the promised child, because the promise of God's redemption, it, it doesn't come by human effort. It, came, it, came, it comes by the Spirit of God, and it came by the Spirit of God, amen. And the Spirit of God came upon um, uh, Sarah at, at, while they were old, 100 years old. She, he was, and she was 90, and, and, uh, and impossible in the natural for that thing to come to pass, but it came to pass because God made the promise, and he kept it. Can I have an amen? He really does. He keeps his promises. He's a good God. Say, God is a good God. Isaiah 55, I love this verse. 10, it says this, as the rain and snow come down from the heavens and return not there again, but water the earth and make it uh, bring forth and sprout that it may give, there's a purpose for it, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. This is God speaking. My word shall not return to me void or without um, uh, producing any effect or useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Amen. So when God said the seed of the woman is going to crush your head, devil, there was nothing else the devil could do about it. I mean, he freaked out, and he lived and, and was dominated by fear for those 4,000 years, looking for that one who's going to crush his head. Thank you, Lord. So right here, this promise, I have 55, uh, that God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater is our blessed assurance, amen, is our blessed assurance for God's provision in our lives. Okay, let's go to Luke 1. We'll hit this really quick. Now this, I'm gonna read out of the Passion Bible. I know sometimes some of these translations are so inspiring that I wanted to read this whole story about Elizabeth and her husband, Zechariah. Luke 1, verse five. Now during the reign of King Herod the Great of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. And his name means God has remembered. God has remembered. And who served in the temple as part of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth, her name means God is my oath. What, what, is that? What, what, what did that mean? Because she has sworn her allegiance to God. Listen, God swore his allegiance to her. Amen. Did you hear that? See, we read all these stories, and sometimes we read them as fables, or sometimes we read them as, ah, how do that relate to me? If you'll swear your allegiance to God, God will swear his allegiance to you. I want you to know that. That means anything. That means those things that you cannot do or accomplish in your life, he'll empower you to accomplish them for his glory and honor. Can I have an amen? Wow, this is good stuff. Praise the Lord. Amen. So the Bible says, Elizabeth was also from a family of priests and was the descendant of Aaron. Aaron, of course, was Moses' brother, so she was, her relationship goes back to Moses and Aaron, okay? And the Bible says they were both righteous before God 
living virtuously and following the commandments of the Lord blamelessly. But they, had, they were childless since Elizabeth was barren, and now they were both quite old. The King James says, well, they were well stricken in years. And now, I, I, you know, you just sometimes you have to stop. Okay, now how old were they? Well, they were older than 30. <laughs> Well stricken in years, that word is actually used again in Luke's gospel uh, uh, when, they were, uh, when the Holy Spirit was addressing uh, um, Anna. Anna was a, uh, was a woman who spent her entire life in God's house. And when the baby Jesus came in to be dedicated, guess what? Anna was there to witness it. And she was 104. So I don't know how old... How old Elizabeth was, it doesn't matter. She was barren, and, and nothing would have happened without God's blessing upon her life. If you agree, say amen. amen. And so when I read that, I thought, isn't that something? Listen to me, listen to me. Zachariah and Elizabeth had spent their entire lives loving God and were faithful to God, even while the most important prayer in their lives went unanswered. They just wanted a child. And yet, instead of getting offended, getting disappointed, getting discouraged, uh, uh, retreating from their walk with God, they stayed committed to God. And because they did, God was required to fulfill their promise. Hallelujah. Amen. Even when it was impossible. <laughs> I don't know about you. You've got any impossible situations in your life. But I tell you, 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 you lean on God, God will lean on you. I mean, he just loves to do special things for his people. Come on. God is not a God that simply is always holding back. Nah, you're not going to get that till you're worthy. Jesus made you worthy. Hallelujah. Amen. One day, I put down here the appointed day. Zacharias' priestly order was on duty, and he was serving as priest. He was chosen by the casting of lots according to the custom of the priesthood. So the honor fell upon Zechariah to enter the holy place and burn incense before the Lord. Amen. What that meant is that he was, he was chosen upon that specific appointed day. He was chosen to be Israel's intercessor. Meaning what? He was to stand in the gap of Israel regarding their spiritual needs and their natural needs. So he's the altar of incense. Oh, I wish I could get into this. I don't have time to get into this. The altar of incense. You know, God could not stand the stench of, uh, uh, the stench of sin. And so that they would offer up incense upon the altar. And that incense would go to God. And it would be a sweet-smelling savor to him. So are your prayers. I said, so are your prayers. Amen. And so that was his ministry. And the Bible says, a large crowd of worshipers gathered to pray outside the temple at the hour when incense was being offered. At once, I love this, uh, all at once or suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing just to the right of the altar of incense. Amen. The Bible says, Zachariah was startled. So would you be. And overwhelmed with fear. But the angel reassured him saying, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God is showing grace to you. I want you to hold on to that for a moment. God is showing grace to you. For I have come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Elizabeth is home. Zechariah is here praying. And the Bible says, God says, your prayer has been, it has been answered. I mean, it's done. When I read that, it reminded me of Romans 4, uh, which was another example of God decreeing his will 
before there's any evidence of it being fulfilled. And that was with Abraham. Amen. The Bible says in verse 17 of Romans, as it is written, God said, I, God, has made thee, Abraham, a father of many nations before him. That's God, whom he, Abraham, believed. Even God who quickens or resurrects the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Did you know we'd be so much farther ahead if we would call in the blessings of God rather than decreeing that they don't belong? to us are we just in that we're never gonna have anything in life man you know i've been driving this junky car probably never have a new car man you get snared by why don't you start declaring the blessings of god upon your life and let god show his greatness in your life amen say god is a good god hallelujah so as far as god was concerned elizabeth's pregnancy was as, as good as done luke 1 verse 13 so don't be afraid, Zechariah. God is showing grace to you, for I've come to tell you that your prayer will bring you much joy and gladness. Many will rejoice. Oh, excuse me. Your prayer for a child has been answered. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you're to name him John. His birth will bring you much joy and gladness. Many will rejoice because of him, and he will be one of the great ones in the sight of God. He will will drink no wine or strong drink, but he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even while still in his mother's womb. Wow! there was ever a time where we need to be full of the Holy Ghost is today. There's so much pressure today in life. There's so much negativity. There's so much compromise. There's so much immorality. There's so much darkness. But praise God, I I shared you are the light of the world. And if you'll stay full of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, he'll empower you and strengthen you to get through whatever you got to get through. Can I have an amen? He's a good God. He cares about everything about our lives. Say, God cares for me. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So again, remember Isaiah 55, God promised that his word would not return to him void. Can I have an amen? That means, what does that mean? I mean, the ministry of John, John's ministry in life was recorded and prophesied uh, long before it came to fulfillment. And I'm going to read this scripture to you in Isaiah 40. You're going to love this translation. Isaiah 40, put that up here. I love this. Uh, verse one, and your God, your God says to you, comfort, comfort my people with gentle, compassionate words. Isn't that, God is a good God. He is not what people think he is. God is a merciful God, a compassionate God, a loving God, a caring God, a patient God. God, come on, that's what God is to you. I love this. The Bible says, speak tenderly from the heart to revive those in Jerusalem. I put Sioux Falls. And proclaim that their warfare is over. Her debt of sin is paid for, and she will not be treated as guilty. See, redemption was always in the heart of God. Always. Prophesy to her that she has received from the hand of Yahweh twice as many blessings as all her sins. Does that sound like the goodness of God? A thunderous voice cries out in the wilderness. What's it say? Prepare the way of Yahweh's arrival. Make a highway straight through the desert for our God. Every valley will be raised up. Every mountain brought low. I just said this first service. There's so many spiritual meanings to scriptures, but I believe the prideful, the, the, the prideful that lift themselves up will be brought low, and those living in the valley of humility shall be raised up. <laughs> 
that beautiful? But, and then Yahweh's radiant glory will be unveiled. All humanity will experience it together. Believe it. For Yahweh has spoken his radiant, uh, uh, has spoken his decree. A voice cries out. What's it saying? And I ask, what should I say? All people are as frail as grass, and their elegance is like a wilting wildflower. And I said this in the first service, but it is so true. Everybody today is obsessed with the external. Obsessed. Work out seven days a week. Obsessed with it. And there's a balance to everything. But I'm telling you, if the obsession of the external overshadows and destroys the, uh, the creative strength of the inward, boy, you better get things turned around. Because when battles come spiritually, your dumbbells aren't going to bring you the victory. You'll just be the dumbbell. Amen. I'll stand over here. Those people look dangerous over there. No. If you agree, say amen. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of Yahweh blows upon it. The people are just like grass. What does that mean? God is, does not depend on you to fulfill his will. He just wants you to get in on it. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be a voice in the wilderness. Why? Because we're, we're fleeting away. I mean, just a few years, I mean, we're going to blink. Some of you young kids, you know, uh, you, you, I mean, you, you've got 50 years that I've already lived. Well, I'm surely not going to live another 50. So this life is very, so what does that mean? He's looking for others who will, who will step in and say, hey, I'll carry on that voice in the wilderness. I'll be that one. So the Bible says, I love this last part. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of Yahweh blows upon it. The people are just like grass, but even though grass withers and flowers fade, watch this, the word of our God stands strong forever. Amen. I said amen. amen. Say God's word stands strong forever. It, it really does. All right, let's carry on here so we can finish. The Bible says, he, John, will persuade many in Israel to convert and turn back to the Lord their God. He will go before the Lord as a forerunner, and which he was. John the Baptist was a forerunner to the, to the king. With the same power and anointing as Elijah the prophet. Stop and think about that. You know, his ministry only lasted, history, his, history says his ministry only lasted about six months. No, it's very, and I don't want to get into this, but it's very possible his, 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 his ministry could have lasted longer, but according to what Jesus said, that John got offended and that offense costed him his life. He only, he only survived uh, about, about 30, 30, uh, 30 and a half years. Let's go on. And the Bible says he will be instrumental in turning the hearts of the fathers in tenderness back to their children and the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of their righteous fathers. And he will prepare a united people who are ready for the Lord's appearing. Well, God did it then. How, how many believe he'll prepare people for his coming, his second coming? How many want to be part of that preparation? Amen. Hallelujah. Zechariah asked the late, and watch, watch this. Here's where God's grace comes in and benefits Zechariah. Then Zechariah asked the angel, how do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is too old to give me a child. What sign can you give me to prove this will happen? He already had the sign. What was it? God's word. Amen. 
God's promise. He didn't need anything else. He had the promise. Same in your life. This is your promise. Promises are in here, right here. You don't need a sign. God gave you all the signs that you need. It's his word. See, I think that's another problem today. We don't even, I mean, if God's word is bread or seed to the sower and bread to the eater, how many agree that you're going to have to seed it into your life if you're going to enjoy the nourishment of it? Amen. But God has provided for you in your life. The moment you were born, I believe this with all my heart, the moment you were born, God marked you and said, I have a, a divine destiny for, for you. All you got to do is get connected to me and you'll fulfill it. Kids remember that. And I mean this. I believe with all my heart. Dave, God has a divine destiny for you. You stay committed to him and he will make sure he fulfills it. God has a divine destiny for my grandchildren. And in Jesus' name, they're going to fulfill their divine destiny. And they're going to avoid some of the wrong choices that I made, praise God, so that their life can be enriched and blessed and they can carry the presence of God to their generation. Can I I have an amen? Thank you, Lord. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand beside God himself. He has sent me to announce to you this good news. But now, since you did not believe my words... You will be stricken silent and unable to speak until the day my words have been fulfilled at their appointed time or their season, and a child is born to you. That will be your sign. And from that moment on, he was silenced. Why did God silence him? Because he didn't want any doubt and unbelief to come out of these lips. I wrote this down because it's true. I wonder how many promises that we have aborted throughout our lives. Amen. Because we allowed unbelief to override the faith that we started with. And God had great things for us, but we began to murmur and complain. I tell you, as Americans, we have no excuse for murmuring and complaining. Can I have an amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Meanwhile, the crowds outside kept expecting him to come out. They were amazed over Zachariah's delay, wondering what could have happened inside the sanctuary. So when he finally came out, he tried to talk, but he couldn't speak a word. And they realized from his gestures that he had seen a vision while in the holy place. He remained mute as he finished his days of priestly ministry in the temple, and then he went back to his home. Soon afterward, say, at the appointed season. Amen. At the appointed time. It wasn't too late. They never quit on God. They stayed faithful to God. They, came, they stayed consecrated to God in their lives, even though this was a prayer that went unanswered, went unanswered for 60 years, 70 years. <clears throat> Yet they remained true to God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Elizabeth became pregnant, went into seclusion for the next five months. With joy, she explains, see how kind it is of God to gaze upon me and take away the disgrace of my barrenness. Hallelujah. So everything that Isaiah had prophesied 730 years earlier about John came to pass because God honors his word. I said because God honors his word. It's not... I mean, sometimes I wished that God would just make us mute when we're about to say something stupid. Wouldn't that be wonderful? 
Huh? You're just about to vent for, to your wife and you go, ah, ah, ah. And she's going, God got you. Wouldn't it be wonderful? But we have the Holy Ghost in us. We have the power to discipline what, what we allow in and what comes out. If you agree, say amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. In Hebrews 10, and I'm closing with this, because I, I want every one of you to understand how important it is for you to know the, the rights you have as a believer. I asked in the first service because I want to ask it again here. How many here, when you're going to go pray, you feel some measure of insecurity or inadequacy or guilt or you just don't feel, you know, you just don't have that confidence you wish you had? Raise your hand when you go to God in prayer. I believe most of us in here have that. Why? Because we are in these, we are in these bodies of clay. And they themselves just simply can't stand up to the righteousness that God requires. That's why we go to God not in our righteousness, but in Jesus' righteousness. And here's what the Lord said, and I'm closing with this. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. See, the old way was to bring a, a lamb, cut its throat, Blood pours out. Why? Because there had to be an exchange, a life for a life. Well, thank God we don't have to do that. Amen? A new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. I wrote this down. He that gave the promise is faithful to fulfill it. Hallelujah. I want to read another Passion Bible. You got to see this. And now we, how many, how many Christians do we have here today? So this is for you. Now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm. I want you to capture this. Because this is the God's truth. And I think we... We so fall short of God's presence, provision, protection in our lives because we fail to understand the power of what he's saying there. He says, now in the Old Testament, real quick, in the Old Testament, there were two rooms in the sanctuary. One was the holy place where, where um, they were serving, where John was serving. And it was, in, in, inside was the uh, uh, table of showbread, the altar of incense, and the, and the, um, and the candle arbor. What's that called? Yeah, menorah. Absolutely, thank you. And, and, and so that was their natural, these were all natural things. They kept to keep the uh, oil in the lamps so the lamps would light. That signified the light of God. The, table, the bread on the table was the, Jesus, the bread of life, and the altar of incense was intercession and prayer. And so, so when Jesus died on the cross, the, holy, the, priest, the priest could not go into the next room, which is the Holy of Holies. Uh, only the high priest did. And now remember, the Bible says that Jesus is your high priest. Do you understand that? So when you go to God, you don't go alone. When you go to God, you're not going alone. You're not going. You're not going by yourself. Jesus has already gone before you, hallelujah, to represent you, praise God. And if you were to go to God after you got everything together, you never could go to him until you reached heaven. Because none of us have it together. 
So when Jesus died on the cross, there was this thick curtain. So when Jesus died on the cross, he took his hand and just split that curtain in half, praise God. To why? To let everybody know that they can step into the very throne room of God. Man. So God is not someplace out there millions of miles away where he, he can't feel what you're feeling. He, he, can't, he, you know, he can't be touched with the feeling of your infirmities. No, he's touched. He feels the pain that you feel. He cares about everything you're dealing with, but you've got to get to him, praise God, if you're going to get those things changed in your life or whatever you're dealing with. Let's finish this. For he, uh, and since... And, and okay, for just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him. And since we now have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep Nothing will, nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity. We've been freed from an accusing conscience. Now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God in, both inside and out. So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You don't have to be bound when Jesus set you free. You don't have to be in fear when he gave you faith can I have an amen you got to understand these kids you got to understand this you have to understand otherwise you're going to become just as religious as the Pharisees and scribes you'll be talking a lot of nothing and you won't be in faith because you're you're here and God is 18 trillion miles away from you you can he can barely hear you in fact you probably won't hear you because you're not worthy all these things come to us But according to the word of God, Jesus, Jesus himself carried everything in your life that you deal with. He took it to the cross, praise God. He went to hell for you, paid the price, shed his blood. The Holy Ghost raised him from the dead. He's seated at the right hand of the Father as the high priest of your confession. Hallelujah. Stand with you. I want to pray with you today. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Put that last scripture up there, Psalms 91. It's only two verses, three verses. For here's what the Lord has spoken to me. Say to me. me. Say it again. Say to me. me. Amen. Because you loved me. How many love the Lord today? Come on. Raise your hand if you love Jesus today. Because you loved me, God says. And because you delighted in me. And have been loyal to my name. Now, if you haven't been, then repent. Why, why, why live? Oh, God, people just frustrate the tar out of me. Because they're living in torment as Christians. They're living in hell. They're living with addictions. They're living with oppression. They're living with anger. They're living with unforgiveness. They're living with bitterness. And you don't have to live with any of it. None of it. You can live your whole life blaming everybody else for your situation you're in, or you can take it to God and let God take care of it and fix it. Why? Because you're as frail as the grass. You're here one day and gone the next. You just, I mean, meaning, meaning you can't do what God can do. 
So let's read, the, let's finish this. Because you love me, you delighted in me and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. Can you lift your hands and give him praise for that? I mean, do you believe the word of God? Oh, thank you, God. I will deliver you, God says, and I will bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. That's God's promise to you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.